When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. The spot to get your mind right where we're working on the mental game. You can't just train the body. You can't just train your craft. You got to train your mind. I'm so excited to sit down with Arvin Mosley Jr., founder of Triple Impact Coaching, a former four-year college basketball player, head coach at TCC, head coach at Evergreen State. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, a skills coach. But it's been fascinating what this quarantine and pandemic has done, where it's changed a lot of business owners' approach to connect and bring value. Mm-hmm. And what I've loved, uh, Arvin, what you've done is you saw, you know, as someone who has a master's degree in coaching, where you coach coaches, you coach athletes, really basketball is your forte, but you coach a lot of different, you know, schools and, and businesses and all kinds of stuff. But you saw a need to maybe add another layer to your skill set as a coach to also coach mindset. So what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Man, good to be here. Happy to be here, Colin. I mean, I, I listen to your, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for about, I don't know, 115 episodes or so, 120 episodes. So yeah. glad to be a part of it, man. No, but I was so excited because we kind of talked about this, you know, several months ago where you did my uh, course, you know, learning yep. how to yep. be certified to coach mindset. And, yes. um, but before we get into that, let me let's just get the listeners kind of uh, your background, maybe kind of wh- where you where you grew up and stuff. Yeah, born and raised in Tacoma, Puyallup. You know, I've been here my whole life other than going away to college. Um, you know, Puyallup High School grad, just like you, go Vikes. Um, you know, got into coaching. I, 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 as a kid, my dream, I always tell people, you know, my dream was to be a PE teacher and a high school coach. Like that was the dream for me. That was living the life. And, um, you know, what do they say? Sometimes we... We don't aim too far and miss. We aim too low and hit. And I think mm-hmm. I ended up being a community college coach and an NAIA coach. And sometimes I wonder if I'd shot a little higher, maybe I'd be in the NBA right now or, you know, division one, so to speak. But um, man, my life dream was really to coach. And I was a head coach for nine seasons. Um, I, you know, like many coaches, I was fired. I've been fired twice. Um, and I think that really helped me recalibrate to understand that it wasn't the coaching that I was teaching young people. What I really love is teaching. Teaching is who I am. It's at my core. So, um, yeah, and, and so I got a coaching. I started training, um, doing private work, running camps, and some of the biggest and longest-running basketball camps in the area. And, um, yeah, just excited to be here. Just, you know, trying to really embrace this, this really unique time that we're in, trying to find a way to take advantage of uh, this pandemic. You know, if there's a way to do it, I'm trying to do it, man. That's it. Um, I'm just thinking about kind of your origin story. Was there like a moment or experience that kind of shaped this path of either basketball or coaching? Was there a mentor? Was there a failure? Was there some feedback you got? Was there a tournament? Was there a game? Can you think back of like what kind of triggered, you know, I love being in basketball. And then number two is I want to stay in, 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 in involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really just fell in love with the camaraderie, you know. I, I, when I grew up, I lived on Hilltop until parade and gangs, and you know, that's that's Hilltop in the '80s, right? And 
And I was fortunate to stay away from that. But like so many other young people, I want a team. I want a family to be around. I want people to be around. And when I moved out to Puyallup, you know, it was JK Sports back then. And, and um, you know, guys like Coach McDaniel, Kai Looker, Kobe Lewis, you know, guys like that, you know, those Puyallup guys, man, we, we bonded over basketball. I played basketball, baseball with those guys. And um, once you start to find that love for sports and then you start to understand it, for me, it was always about teamwork. I'm the ultimate team guy. I've, I've, I've won multiple team awards as a, you know, from a team captain to the best teammate type of thing. And, and it's just, I fell in love with it probably in about fifth, sixth grade. I really, I was terrible too, Colin, terrible basketball player. I played in the fifth quarter in fourth grade. They had a fifth quarter for guys like me. And, um, and I just fell in love with the teamwork. I fell in love with the camaraderie. I, I, and I just, I just really enjoyed the, um, the, the freedom of basketball, right? You could get a rebound and you could do things out there and then really express yourself. So yeah, I fell in love with it. Fifth grade, sixth grade, and I started growing and got better and um, just kind of found my niche. And then when I was in ninth grade at Aylen, Puyallup High School used to do a kids camp. We had, it was called McDonald's basketball camp. I, I might've coached you back then. It was McDonald's basketball camp, the big jug with the orange juice. You know, the orange McDonald's juice. Yes, I definitely and, was uh, a part of that basketball. And I also, I think I met you, uh, Russ Pika, Saturday morning basketball at Puyallup High School. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Good old Coach Russ. Shout out to Russ. And uh, so I started coaching basketball. I literally coached in ninth grade. I was the eighth grade girls assistant coach. Um, uh, for, I want to say it was Mr. Van Hooley. And he got sick one day. And I actually coached a basketball game in ninth grade. And the uh, uh, vice principal rode on the bus and we went and coached the game um, to Ferrucci. I wanted, or not Ferrucci, uh, Edgemont. And I actually won a game as a ninth grader. <laughs> I was coaching the eighth grade girls basketball team. Oh, uh, my word. I was in love with it. And so I used to go to the high school and coach the little kids, though, in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And we do that McDonald's camp every summer with Coach Clifton. So um, I, I just fell in love with teaching. I didn't know that teaching is what I loved, though, until I'd gotten fired twice and then circled back to like, how can I keep helping young people? And then I, I realized teaching is what I love. That's great. Well, give me, I want two examples. One example uh, of a, a proud accomplishment as, as a head coach. Let's start there. Then I'll ask maybe a failure that, that, that you kind of learn from. How about that? What's, what's something successful or an accomplishment that you're like, man, I am proud of that. Yeah. You know, I, I think they might go hand in hand. You know, I had to kick off one of the best players on my team one year. Um, and, um, his energy, you know, I, I don't know if you saw a post I put up today, talk about your energy being contagious. He was a super spreader, right? His attitude, his energy, he was a super spreader, man. He'd walk in the gym and however he was feeling, it was contagious for the rest of us. And he was our best player, unquestionably. Um, but he was a very difficult young man to deal with. And um, he missed practice for a couple of days. He was sick and practice was real light and loose and fun, the kind of the way we want it to be. And he came back and everybody got tense and tight. And I, and I kicked him off the team. I brought him in and said, hey, this isn't going to work. Um, you know, and, and, and he had some other issues going on and, and, and he didn't like it. And I saw him last summer uh, at the YMCA with his son. And he came and gave me the biggest hug and told me, thank you. And, I, you know, now, now mind you, this is senior year of college basketball and I kicked him off the team. And he said, thank you. He said, you're, you're one of the few people that's ever really put your foot down and, and made me think about my choices and my decisions. And so it, it, it hurt to do it to this young brother from, from this, you know, it hurt, but um, it needed to be done. And, and like I said, to see him last year after, he, and he graduated, he went on to do those things to see him last year with his son, brought his son over and said, Hey, this is my coach. This is coach Mosley shook my hand, gave me a hug. So that was, I'd say it was something that really struggled, really hurt me at the time, but 
looking back on it, it was the right decision. And I think he even saw that too as an adult. So how, how did you manage pressure? Like pressure to perform, pressure to win, pressure to, to recruit, and then maintain the ethics and the standards. Yeah, you know, the ethics, because that's who I am at my core, ethics was never an issue. I never had a problem in terms of like wanting to cheat or wanting to cut corners, never was a problem. I took pride in that. Um, I had clean programs in terms of, you know, I think one year I had a kid steal a chair and that was it. Like, otherwise we didn't have fights and, and, and things like that. So I took a lot of pride in that. The pressure, you know, I had a season, Colin, where we won one game. I had a one in 20 season. And, and it's funny because I saw uh, Brian McCain talked, or Brian Kane talked about that. He says, my failures is what makes me an expert at being able to speak about this kind of stuff. The fact that I went through a season like that and didn't get thrown out of games, didn't go crazy, didn't scream and, 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 and lose it, um, just showed that, you know, there's a little more fortitude than I thought I had. I, I didn't have a plan that I was going to do that or how I was going to handle that pressure. Um, but I knew the players were going to take my lead. I, I knew as a coach how I responded to losing, the players were going to take my lead. And um, it, I wouldn't say it was a fun season, but it, it, it was more enjoyable than you would expect from a team that only won one game because of how close we came together as a group. Um, it was probably the first time that I ever sat on the bench and just took some deep breaths. I had read somewhere, you know, Phil Jackson, you know, the sacred hoops, and he talked about, you know, breathing. And I, and I remember sitting on the bench. I said, I'm going to try it during a game. And a ref made a call I totally didn't like. And I sat there and, and took a couple deep breaths. And, and it helped, but it was so momentary because I hadn't practiced, right? It, was, it helped in that moment, but it wasn't sustainable because it wasn't a practice that I had actually put into play. So, um, yeah, it was really just a lot of hitting and missing, just trying different things. Hands in my pocket. I tried, you know, I'll put my hands in my pocket so I don't get all big and yell and scream. And I chewed gum. And, I, you know, I, I tried a lot of physical things to kind of help me out. Um, but ultimately, it just came down to the fact that I, I, luckily I was kind of a mentally tough guy from playing a lot of sports in high school and college. And, you know, was able to, to find ways to battle through, which you know, as you know now, that's not the safest way. That's not the best way to go. But that's how a lot of us had to cope at the time. That's true. Now, I got uh, – you have your business called Triple Impact Coaching. I have a triple question. I'm thinking of parents, coaches, athletes. Yes, sir. So knowing what you know now, you run, you know, camps, youth camps for kids all over the country yep. uh, and the Northwest. Uh, what advice would, would you give coaches right now who are looking for some tips on how to better yeah. lead, how to better manage, how to better to, to mentor, how to better manage a practice schedule. Uh, and, you know, maybe you can think pre-COVID, post-COVID, and, and even uh, now. You know, the one thing I would say right now is I think it's important for coaches to maybe step away from the basketball, like the physical side of it. And, I, and again, I know we're, you know, we're, we're about mental performance. Um, I heard a coach talk about the five H's, and he talked about um, learning uh, uh, whose players, their heroes, their highlights, their hopes, their heartaches. Um, oh, I'm missing one more. Hope so I, uh, well, I, I got three. So it's highlight, hero, hardship. That's those are the three yeah. that I remember. Hopes but. and hobbies. Hobbies. Well, there you go. And and again, I, I say, and I said this to a coach the other day. He's like, "Man, what should I do? My team is struggling." I said, "Coach, the next practice, I would sit on the ground, crisscross applesauce, right? Make a circle, sit down, mm -hmm. look at each other, and go over the five H's: the hopes, the hobbies." the heroes, the heartaches, 
and just sit and get to know your players because, I mean, I know it's cliche. Players don't care what you know until they know you care. It's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because it's true. And I think sometimes as coaches, we get so caught up in the outcome of winning basketball games or uh, putting in our plays and things of that nature that we forget that we're really working with people. And if you can get these people on the same page, it doesn't matter what offense you run if they're on the same page. I'm really a big believer in that. And so if I was a coach, one of the first things that I would do is I would put those balls away and spend the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just getting to know my players a little bit better, building that trust, building those relationships with the young people that you work with. That's, that's the number one key. Because then whatever offense you run, they'll buy into that. Whatever defense, they'll buy in if they know that they can trust you and, and that, you're, um, that you're, you're being truthful with them. Person over performer. That's what we say. Relationships win championships. Yes. Culture yeah. beats talent for breakfast. Yes. Culture beats strategy for breakfast. Yep. So I think we kind of lose sight of that as coaches. Um, what about parents? Um, you look at coaches quit, not because they don't love the game, because of parents. Uh, referees and officials quit because parents are crazy. So I know yep. parents love their kids and they want their kids to have success. Um, but it's sometimes if I'm doing workshops, you know, with parents, I'll say, you know, parents, how many coaches have your uh, children had in their career? 10, 50, a hundred. How many coaches have you had in your career as a parent? Mm. None. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you want your kid to be coachable, if you want your kid to have a growth mindset, well, shouldn't you be open to learn some, some new tips to put That's your kids in, in position to fail, yeah. to learn, to be unselfish, to serve, to work hard. So what type of tips for a parents would you uh, share? Yeah, I'll give you a tip, quick story. So my son played on a, a travel team, his first travel team. And I went to practice every day and I'd, I'd drop him off and I'd go in the corner and stand and watch. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And I knew a couple of the kids and, the, and, and I knew one of the coaches and the coaches said, hey, Coach Mosley, how are you? And a couple of the parents looked at me and, and a couple of coaches looked at me and Coach Mosley. So I get a Facebook friend request from a couple of these parents. And, and two of them were coaches. And so I show up a couple of days later to practice. And the guy looks at me and he says, you're a coach, coach. And I said, what? He's like, you're a real basketball coach. And I said, yeah. He's like, well, how come you don't ever say anything? And I said, because I'm not my son's coach. You are. And I think parents need to be able to take that step back. You're not their coach. You're their parent. And if you want to coach your kid, then get a team and coach them. But otherwise, you've got to let your young person have that freedom. You've got to let that young person have the opportunity to learn from another adult. Um, every kid needs four aces in their life, right? They need the ace of hearts, the spades, the diamonds, and the clubs. And those aces represent the adults in their life, right? And, and the, the, the big ace is mom and dad. The next ace is a coach. Like that's one of the most important aces to go with a teacher and then other caring adults. But the, the parents are the number one ace. The coach is the second ace in a kid's life. And if you're undermining that coach on the bus ride home or on the car, you know, the car ride home or on the way to the gym, you're questioning that coach. You're not only taking the power away from that coach, but you're really confusing your child. And a confused kid is not a good basketball player, right? A confused athlete is a poor athlete. And so we want to make sure that we're not um, um, disrupting the message that the coach is trying to give. Because again, if we go back to, it's not the offense that they run, it's not the defense that they run, it's those relationships that they build that creates a, a, a positive outcome and a positive experience. As a parent, step back, let that coach do his magic, right? And, and so I, I think it's difficult, but if you come watch, if you ever watched me watch my son play, you would see me, my mouth closed, I'd be tight, 
I'd be like anybody else because it's my kid, but I don't yell. I don't scream. I clap a little bit. Um, and I told my kids, I said, you're not going to hear me in the corner. We can talk. You're, you're here for an hour or two. I got you the other 22 hours a day, man. <laughs> so I think yeah. parents understand, like, you got the car ride. You have the home. You have breakfast. You got dinner. You got bedtime. Let that kid enjoy that experience. And I'm really big about the experience around the game. Let that kid enjoy the ride to the game and the ride home and let them experience it however they experience it. And, and I'll ask my son, what do you want to listen to? You know, what's your playlist for this game? And I let them kind of dictate the whole experience the same way that when I was a kid and when you were a kid, we put our headphones on or Walkman, right? Or Discman or whatever we had back then and, mm-hmm. and listen to some music. And so um, I try to let my kids experience the ride to the game and the ride home in the way that they feel is best for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if you have to create the passion for them, then they will never be like good at anything. If they don't yep. take ownership of the love and that to be curious about understanding it and development. And it's like the younger they are, it's more about, Hey, we want them to develop a love of the game mm-hmm. and to just, in just get better with, with their skills and just improvement. The higher up you get, then that thing kind of gets more inverted. You have to perform. Yep. If you're a professional yep. athlete, you have to perform. But when you're 12, no college scout ever asked, what was your, how many points did you average when you were, when you were 11? Right. How many, right. how many wins did you get when you were 13? Like no one ever asked that. So let's give them an environment to love the game and to be curious about improving their skills. Um, and this is from Bruce Brown. You know, he asked college, a bunch of college players, you know, what your parents had helped you get there. And they found those, these six words, I love to watch you play. And that's all they said. So I'm just passionate about giving parents uh, some education on, you know, the best environment you can create for your kid is to allow them to take ownership. Yep. But then parents say, well, my kid wants to play, you know, Xbox or PS5. Well, in the end, they have to take their ownership. And there is a consequence when they don't put in the work. And if you make them do it, they can't take that ownership of that love. Um, good stuff, dude. Uh, last one. Again, we talked about coaches, parents. Now, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what would you tell your younger self as a player mm-hmm. about all the things that, that, that you've learned? I so this, would, is for the, this is for the players out there that are still playing. Come on. Right, right. I, I would, I, again, control what you can control. The officials have never changed the call in basketball. It just doesn't exist, right? You can't, it just doesn't exist. So control what you can control that away. And I would really focus more a little bit on my routines, making sure that I understood what I needed to eat, um, how long before I needed, to, before my performance I needed to eat, um, the sleep, um, the things that prep me for that. And then I, I, I did some of these things so innately, like the, the, the performance cues. I had stuff in my head. I used to talk to myself. I wish I had a better system for doing that, though, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, and for me, I use a clap. You know, when I'm, if I'm at the gym, you know, it's been, you know, how many months now? But when I, last time I played, you know, if I feel something I don't like, I, I clap it out. That's how I use it. I clap once, maybe twice, and I let it go. That's something that I use and as an adult. So I would teach my younger self to just understand you can't control the call. You can't control where the ball goes in. You can't control the defense. Just let that go. And then two, create your routine, create your, what's going to set you up to be at your best at 2 PM on game day or at 8 PM when you go to the, to the gym to, to play or whatever the case may be, find out what works for you physically and emotionally, whether it's music, what kind of food it is, try to get a routine that works for you and stick with it. And, um, to get, you know, get to maximize your, your, your experience. What you're talking about is process over outcome. Yep. Having 
routines of excellence. When you have these routines of excellence, it avoids what is called decision fatigue. So you can focus on what you can't control and just be yourself in the moment where, you know, treat, you know, when you train by yourself, others, game time, crunch time, the same. I love that. So now let's move into mental performance. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that you are a graduate of the master your mindset mental toughness yes uh you are a certified coach man so maybe talk about you know what got you like man i want to learn about the power of like mindset and 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 do this course and then maybe the, the, the big learnings you got from that you know i went back and looked at some of my slide decks and powerpoints that i had done the last couple years working with teams and 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 um um, student affairs professionals. And I was talking about mindset. I had no depth to it though, right? I, um, what is that called? The Dunning-Kruger effect or something like that, right? Where I, I had heard about mindset. I watched a couple of videos. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I love it. But I had no depth to it. I didn't know what I was talking about half the time. And then you and I had a conversation in late July. Now, and you'd been coming to our camps, right? You, you know, you've been coming to the stuff that I've done with Chris Hippa. You've come to my camps, Mark Wilkerson. Like you've been to our stuff before. And I've watched you and, um, and, and I've seen you you speak multiple times, um, but again, it, it didn't register the same way, right? It just, it didn't quite resonate, right? Sometimes you gotta be, you're, you have to be open to learn something. And then you and I talked in July, I listened to Brian Kane on your podcast, and um, I talked to you not too long after I heard that podcast, and you said, his, you said his certification was awesome, and you said, I have one too. And I said, well, why would I do Brian Kane, who I've never met before, even though he's a legend, why would I do his certification? I'm gonna do yours. And so I did yours mm-hmm. first and I just, it just spoke to me, man. It just, um, aside from like how good it was and how organized it was, it spoke to me. And then when I did the Brian Kane, I, I, you're talking my language. This is the stuff that I love. And um, it really just became a part of me. And like I said, it's only, it's been a short journey for me to like where I've, you know, I've read, you know, probably eight books and, and, and gotten three certificates in the last, you know, two and a half, three months of just falling in love with this. And um, I kind of wish I would have found some of this earlier, but um, that, it's not my plan, right? It's the plan that, that's here for me now. And, and, and you were put here to help and serve and, and have been totally gracious in helping me with that. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I really just have, have really, um, you know, just dug into it these last, like I said, it's been about four months for me of, concerted effort and study. And even though I've been touching on this stuff for, 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 you know, 10 years, 15 years, and now I really am starting to understand it. And then the better understanding I have now I'm able to teach it to coaches and players and business professionals to teach them how to put it into play as well. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is like, you've been playing basketball, but maybe you're playing just like motion basketball, you pass screen away, but this is like, we're running flex. Yep. So now this is a, a mental performance system. Yep, yep. So what, what, what Brian Kane has got 10 pillars, I have five pillars on my, on my, my program. So what it does, it just kind of helps organize yep. the, the philosophy into a language. Um, so now let's get into uh, how you've been able to pivot during like COVID. And there's a lot of trainers, coaches uh, in, you know, in gyms, you know, basketball skills, baseball, volleyball, all these coaches, all these teams that they can't train physically like they want to. Yep. But I love what we talked about pre-show, kind of just kind of getting the game plan. And you said, well, this doesn't have to be separate. It can be as a part of coaching, you know, CrossFit or, or, or being or coaching basketball, right? Yep. You know, and I, so I haven't been in the gym, but I've been able to do some outside workouts, uh, especially over the summer. So within the first day of me starting your program, I immediately took some stuff and, and we, I talked about self-talk immediately the very next day with a couple of my clients. 
I got a text that day from two parents. I worked out with two kids, two outdoor courts that day. Both of their parents contacted me and said, my kid needed that. Thank you so much. Now, mind you, I've been training these kids for two and a half years, but that was not one say the first time, but that was a, a time where they all were like, Hey, this is, this is powerful stuff. And, and so, you know, we always looking for proof to, of what we're doing is whether it's working or not. And that, that's, that was it right there. And so what I've done is, you know, I try to do online workouts and zoom workouts and virtual workouts and um, of like basketball training, which has been awesome. Um, but I think, what I've found is for young people, especially in the light of being away from their friends, being away from their teams and the camaraderie, their, their, their mental health is suffering. Their mindset is suffering. And we can give them tools to combat some of the anxiety and depression and some of the, the fears that they have that away, right? And obviously there's levels to it where you might need a professional um, you know, therapist and things of that nature, but we can give kids a tools to at least lessen and eliminate some of the negativity that they surround themselves with right it's not really about fixing anything it's about let's cut out the negative noise let's cut out the things that don't help us this and you know and and i think that's what i've really tried to do with my clients is let's cut out the negativity like whatever's bothering you or upsetting you if we don't have to watch it or listen to it or, or talk about it let's not um and so then what what i progressed to um i'm in my second session of I'm offering you know, five-week courses um, for student athletes. I, just, I finished a five-week course. We had over 20 kids sign up. Um, I had basketball, track, soccer athletes, fast-pitch athletes. Um, and we just did a five-week course on Zoom. And the focus was on mindset, 100% mindset, and just trying to give kids tools to, like I said, to eliminate or at least cut out as much negativity as possible because yeah. then we can start to build up. Yeah, what, what, what topic is your favorite to uh, teach? Uh, tonight, self-awareness, self-talk. Yep. Tonight's all about. Tonight's topic is called all about self, and um, so I'm in my second session here. And so tonight we will we'll talk all about self, and we'll talk about having some self-awareness. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the me will uh, that you introduced me to, and then we'll talk about self-talk. Um, you know, quit listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. So that's been the most powerful thing for me. Um, you know, and you talk about being. You know, you're a father of. You got a whole basketball team at your house, and. Um, yeah. And I've got three and my two youngest, are, they still live here with me. And, and um, you know, we, we go through our hall every morning. We, you know, we do our A game every morning. And, and I have them meditating from four to five minutes a day. Um, and they are picking up on it. And it's, 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 it's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple, Colin. I Just, know. You know, and, and, and I think some of us think that it's so difficult and so challenging. Yeah. And it's taking me in less than 10 minutes I help my kids put their armor on, put their suit on for the day, mm. less than 10 mm. minutes. Yeah. And they walk out feeling confident and feeling loved. Mm. Well, let's just, let, let's give the listeners a tool. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, I saw one of your posts or something and I, I got this idea. I'm going to, you know, as a, as a colleague in the mental space, you know, someone who loves to serve. And I, I'm, I'm someone that likes to take complex things and make them super simple. Mm -hmm. And you talked about uh, bringing your game. Mm -hmm. And then we had a conversation. What if we called it bringing your A game? Yeah. So maybe it's, so it's, uh, it's five steps. Yep. Maybe, maybe teach us this little, little tool. So parents, if you're listening to this, coaches, even if you're a business owner, or you manage people. Um, the, the things I've been saying, if you're not addressing mental, emotional fitness, you're, you're being negligent. Yes. You just are. So in, in the history of calming down, no one has ever calmed down. <laughs> in the, in, in, 
in the history of telling people you need to be more more tough mentally i mean well how do i do that well what what you're going to teach the, the listeners is all backed by science too and it takes four to five minutes Yep. So, um, kind of a spinoff on the Ha method, um, but I think you know. Hey, what hold on a second. And, and, and what 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 Arvin is talking about the Ha method is just a simple system I developed. Is I have, I am, I will. It's I ha- I have his gratitude. I am his affirmations. I will is set your intention, and then and then like to visualize your your, your goals. But all right, go ahead. Well, so uh, what I came up with, you called me one day. It was a Sunday morning, man. You called me about seven fifteen in the morning. I was like, man, what's Colin doing so early on a Sunday morning? And and we talked about having bringing our a game right i talked about bringing some game every day and you said man you got to add a to that a game and i and, then, and again this was this was a, a little over a month ago and i have written mm. i've almost finished my book too brother mm. and Good. so um you said bring your a game and the a stands for having a bias for action i heard you and harrison talking about that harrison wilson one day talking about having a bias for action um ultimately commit to acting right commit to doing something right dtw you got to do the work no matter what whatever dreams you have you've got to do the do the work so a stands for action g stands for gratitude um you know study shows gratitude makes us feel better, right? It, it, it minimizes depression and anxiety and makes us just feel better. And so um, every day, I think we got to give some gratitude. Again, I vary from writing each day what I'm thankful for to reading a basic script that I have. So I have a, a script that's about four or five sentences of things I'm thankful for. And, and some days I like to just write what I'm thankful for. So A is action, G is gratitude, A is affirmations right? That's that self-talk, man. I tell myself every day I'm special, I'm unique, I'm talented, I'm powerful. Every day. Without fail. Come on. I'm special. Let's go. I'm unique, I'm talented, and I'm powerful, brother. And so I think we, I started talking to myself a little bit more um, and quit listening to myself. So uh, that's our affirmations. Every day we have those I am statements. Um, the M stands for mindfulness. You know, now me, I, I'm still learning. You know, you had Harvey Martin on and he talked about breathing and, and breath work. And I've kind of trying to explore that a little bit. And, and, and obviously George Mumford, the OG of, of NBA um, uh, mindfulness. And, um, and so I, I spend four to 10 minutes a day of, of just breathing. And, and I, I put on some, some chants or some music of some type, um, meditation music. And I just, I focus on my breath for four to 10 minutes a day. Um, and that's my mindfulness. And, and again, that can be for other people who maybe don't want to breathe. That could be some imagery. That could be visualization. There's different ways to be mindful, right? You could do yoga, you know, what they call it, single point focus versus multi-point focus. And so there's different ways to do mindfulness other than just simply meditating. And then E is, and, and, and that E is exercise, dude. Every day, coach, you got to exercise, yeah, man. Move, move, Walk move. around the block, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, mm. dance. Uh, I, I don't think there's any limit. So A is action, G gratitude, A affirmation, M is mindfulness, and E is your exercise. And and those are things that if you go look up any rich, famous person, any successful mm-hmm. entrepreneur, they are knocking off two, to probably three or four of those every day. Every day, they're yeah. knocking, if not all of them, every well, day. This is what I think. Did you used to watch Voltron in the 80s? A little bit, a little bit. But you, but know. you know what I'm talking about, like those yep. like uh, – tiger lion robots they'd come together to form this big ass robot that would just destroy evil yep well like all those things on their own are powerful correct but when you put them together yes you're unstoppable yep and so let me review so a is action so what you mean is each day 
set an intention. What's one action I'm going to execute today? Yep. I will, and, you know, it goes back yeah, to your, I will visualize say. that. And then gratitude is powerful. A lot of science backing it up. It, it lowers stress, cortisol, it boosts your immune system. Research shows that you actually live longer with, you know, with having a lens of, of optimism, gratitude, affirmations, the, the number one source of confidence is self-talk mm-hmm. mindfulness. What blows my mind is like, as a performer, if I'm giving a speech, you know, uh, doing a conference call, if I'm an athlete, you know, there's going to be moments when I'm going to feel stress and pressure. There's going to be moments when I'm sitting there by myself and it's just me talking to myself. So if you haven't trained to be present, if you haven't trained to be in control of what you focus on, and it's like, well, who's walking who, the dog or the owner? Your mm-hmm. brain's the same way. Right. So that's where this mindfulness is just, even if you give me a minute to two minutes a day where you just, I'm going to practice being still. Yep. Because in this day and age, we want to grab the phone and look at t- TikTok, IG, you know, can you train your mind to be in control? And whether I love how you said, if it's just stillness or you want to visualize, it's your choice. And then movement. You want to change your, your emotion, your emotion, especially now. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, are you, you can make a, a journal out of that. I, I may. I, I mean, I, I actually wrote my book. I'm just kind of editing through it. And, and, and so um, and maybe I'll let you take a look at it and we'll, we'll work on putting a journal together, right? Because <laughs> you are a master writer right now, dude. Yeah. I'm, no, that's I'm proud good. of you, man. Proud of you. Oh, that's good. Um, so, but I want to, um, I got a few more questions, but uh, yeah. I want to talk about, you know, how can you inspire people to, to make, make a shift, make a change? I think what you've been able to do is just to be bold with, you know, we talk about bias for action is you pivoted as an yep. entrepreneur yep and i'm so proud of you you had 20 athletes bro yeah yeah dude that's so you're changing lives man yeah thank you like that is so cool so maybe you know what have you learned about how do you execute this if you want to enroll in a course you know my course brian kane or you know there's other courses you can take but to add a new skill set to impact people but maybe give us as a business owner in this new virtual world Give us three tips or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. A lot of us started off just trying to survive, right? Things happen and we just try to survive. And, and I reached a point to where I was done surviving, man. I want to thrive. How can I come out of this on top, right? And, and, and again, a lot of times we focus so much on the financial side of it. I mean, I've lost thousands and thousands of dollars just like you have, right? And so once I got out of the mindset of money, I need this money, what can I do to impact the game? I have these two 13, 14, 15 year old clients that are struggling. What can I do to impact the game when we can't be in the gym doing a camp? So I think one for being an entrepreneur, like you said, you got to be able to pivot, man. You got to see what's the need and try to fill it. And I saw a need for my clients from a mindset standpoint is how do I fill it? And, and, And again, when you open yourself up, the law of attraction seems to work just fine. I opened myself up and then you reached out and you and I had a conversation and it just, it snowballed. So as an entrepreneur, one, open yourself up, be willing to, to, to try something that, that might be new, that might be uncomfortable, but, but be willing to try it. Um, two, I would say, um, don't be afraid to reach out to people, man. I mean, you know, you're, you're a younger dude than me and, and you've been doing this for a while. And, and I, I try not to be too, too uh, egotistical to, well, I, well, what's calling going to teach me type of thing. And I think sometimes we get too competitive or we get too caught up in ego. And I think collaboration is the new, that, that's the new way to, to thrive right now. That's the way to go, man. What do they call that? Competitive collaboration. Find someone who does something similar to you, collaborate. Find someone who does something that, that you enjoy or that you like, call them, 
text them, email them. I mean, they're, 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 Facebook them, link them, whatever. There's so many opportunities. So I, I would say collaborate with somebody, right? Would be another piece. And then lastly, that self, like I needed to figure out what was important to me. Why did I train? Why was I doing this? I had to figure out again. When I got, I got fired twice, I had to figure out what did I like about basketball? Oh, I like teaching. And then when the pandemic hit, well, what do I like about being in the gym? I like helping young people. So how can I keep helping young people without being in the gym? And, you know, you got to embrace technology. And, and, and I, I jumped right on the Zoom stuff right away. I, I had no fear. I jumped right on that Zoom stuff and, and, and spent some money to figure out how to use it effectively right away. And um, I'm just, I just, I'm thankful that I, that I had the courage to try that, right? And I, and I know a lot of folks might be listening right now and they're, they're, there's a little bit of fear that they're not sure of the unknown. And I would just say, man, try it. If your body, if you wake up two or three days in a row and, and your mind is saying they're, they're giving you this idea or just a topic that keeps popping up, go learn about it, man. Go study it. Go get, get engrossed in it for, for a few days and just see what happens. Yeah. Fire aim ready. Yes. Yes. Fire aim ready. You're yes. never going to be ready. If you're waiting to be ready and waiting to prepare to, to be prepared, it's, it's too late. So you're going to learn and grow way better. If you just try, if you mess up, you're going to learn a lot faster. So so be open. I like to say, um, I don't know where I learned this from, but I've been saying a lot over, over the last eight months. But when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The mind's like a parachute only works if it's open. So I love that step one is open yourself up to yep. learn and grow. But I love number two, man, collaboration. Yes. Competitive collaboration. collaboration. Competitive collaboration. Yeah. Find somebody that you might not normally, because they do the same thing or they do something similar, and just reach out, man, and just see how, what you can do well and it's like i have a few people that i've, I've mentored and worked with they're doing online courses doing what i do and, and i'm like dude that's awesome we're you reaching more the, well we're, we're reaching example. more people but we're reaching more people the, for yeah. me like the mission is to transform lives and normalize mindset training yep so i i don't want to hold all these people to me i want I want, I'm knocking on every door. I'm sharing the good news. I want, I want disciples. I mean, we're probably more peers, but I want everyone getting on this train of talking about self-awareness, self-talk, mindfulness, courage, you know, self-image process over outcome, yep. you know, that, so I'm, I'm so proud of, I can think of a few other people are doing this too, but like, but you took it on bro. And you're a pretty fast learner to be honest with you. Um, and, you. and I think the, uh, the third one is you, you kind of threw some, but like self-awareness, I think part of it is like knowing your strengths and like playing your strengths, but also just, just doing it, just, just throwing yourself out there. Okay. So the last topic I want to talk about, we're talking about pre-show is we're in a pandemic, but we're in a social pandemic as well. And you said the word, we are in a civil rights movement right now. I mean, yeah. we're, we're a little more woke than we, than we probably should have been. And it's sad that with George Floyd, it took a, a horrible death to wake people up. Yeah. But with the advent of, of, of cell phones, we get to actually see it. Correct. But for, for people of, of color talking about mental wellness, and I have black friends that say, you know, we don't talk about this as a family. Mm -hmm. But you as a black male, as a mindset coach, this gets me excited. That, yeah. you know, th there's some, I mentioned George Mumford, worked yeah. with the Bulls and the Lakers. He's the OG in mindfulness and coaching Kobe and coaching Jordan. But as a black male, maybe just give us some, some, some background on this to where, you know, this needs to be shared more. Yeah. Well, you know, culturally, we are, we've been taught to, 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 you know, from the time we were brought to America as slaves, I mean, we've been taught to kind of, 
to cover our weaknesses up and not show our fear and not, and not, and not, not be vulnerable. Right. And I think in 2020 vulnerable is the new strength, right? I think, I think having some to, to acknowledge fears and acknowledge uncertainties, that is the new strength. And I've been really fortunate to be around some, some older brothers at my age that, that we tell each other, we love each other and we pump each other up and we, and we, we share and we kind of self um, medicate each other, right? By showing each other love and, and support and liking each other's things online, but really get on the phone and talking, um, you know, a couple times a month, whether we do a group zoom or something like that. And I think, that was not something that I would have done two years ago necessarily. And partially because of where I was in my life, but partially because that's not what tough guys do. Tough guys don't tell other guys, I love you. Like tough guys don't do that. And, and I realized that, that the toughest of tough really do do that, right? That makes you tough to be able to tell somebody else you love them. And, um, and really, like I said, embracing some of that vulnerability and, and reaching out to other people and, and asking for help and just, you know, I had a conversation the other day. I was reading um, a black history book and, and, and they were talking about how some slaves were, were treated. And I'm reading it to my kids, right? which our bedtime story, heavy, heavy bed. I didn't realize it was this heavy. And I almost got in tears, man. I'm almost break down in tears. I had to put the book down. And uh, I said, all right, we're going to bed. And I had to leave because I was, it, was, it hurt to see how our people were treated. And then I had to get on the phone and I texted two of my friends. I said, two of my friends that do diversity, equity, and inclusion and, and that really understand this. I said, how do you handle this, bro? Like, how do you read this stuff to your kids about how bad our ancestors were treated, not be pissed and not pressed? Like, how do you handle that? And we just had that good conversation about those, recognize our feelings. It's okay, right? I think that's one thing that we would tell our clients. Your feelings are okay, man. Now what? right? Yeah. You have those feelings. Now what? And, and so been real thankful to, to have some other brothers that I'm able to talk to about these types of things. Um, and, and just to find strategies, because we're all dads, man, and we're just trying to do the best for our kids. You're a dad. That's all we care about. You know, we, we could talk about race and, and gender. Ultimately, we just care about helping our kids as best as possible, leaving this world a little bit better so that your daughters and your son and my son and daughter can just thrive out there right and, and and really just um enjoy being who they are where they are yeah and it's just uh you have people like like uh who was it this fall uh you had the the quarterback for the cowboys dak prescott you know yep. said i was depressed and anxious you know yep. i was in a, a deep, deep depression with my losing my, my brother and you know not not competing yep and just the bravery of of just asking for help uh asking for help is not a strength for, for any gender or color it doesn't matter Yep. But I think making making wellness normal, making your 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 mental health a priority, and like, and that's a good thing. And there's nothing wrong because everyone has their own struggles and challenges. But creating an environment to where this is actually a, a normal human emotion, and asking for help, or or connecting and saying I love you to another dude, or yep. working with a, a mental coach, a counselor, uh, a therapist, uh, a marriage counseling uh, doesn't matter. But just making that you, you pay someone to teach you how to lift weights and to get fit physically, why would that be a different any stigma around working with a coach on, on the power of the mind and how you can right. do some things proactively. Right. So yeah, I'm excited to, you know, we have a long way to go. You know, as a, as a, a white male look at, we got to do so much more. We got to have these discussions. Um, and even as a, as a, as an educator, you know, the stories I tell, you know, I want to tell stories of all kinds and raise awareness for all types of people. So I'm, I'm excited for what's, what's, what's ahead. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of you, man, for being proactive about this stuff. Um, but let, so as we wrap up, you have a, a new coaching program. 
I'll release, it'll be released next month. So I'll, I'll be helping coaches. Yep. It's, it's uh, coaches need coaching too. Is kind of my phrase. It's my tagline. And so, um, yeah, I'll release it next month before Christmas. Um, and just really just try to help coaches, uh, essentially try to help coaches win more. And I think sometimes we think that win more means the scoreboard. And I think we really want to help coaches start to win the inner game and start to understand that when you start to take care of yourself, then you can serve your players better. And so, um, um, and ultimately you will win more games. I, I, I'm a believer in that, right? But you, it starts at home. It starts when you wake up in the morning and before you go to bed at night. So uh, yeah, I'll have a coaching program that I'll release next month. And um, yeah, I'll definitely be sure you, you're, you know, you and your listeners get a, get a taste of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So maybe give us, are, you, are there still openings for your, your athlete program or, I mean, or yeah, you know, up? Um, it, by the time, probably by the time the podcast comes out, it won't be, you know, cause we'll, we're, we're already heading into week two. And so, um, but I'll, I'll do another one, uh, through Metro parks. So anybody who's in, in, uh, well, you don't have to be a Tacoma resident cause it's going to be online. So, uh, Metropolitan parks, Tacoma, um, in January, I'll, I'll lead some virtual basketball training. I'm going to lead some, um, youth, uh, mental performance stuff for kids as young as seven. We're going to do a group of seven through 10 year old kids. And so um, all that will be on the Metropolitan Parks Tacoma website. And it's, again, it's open to anybody in the world. So it'll all be on Zoom um, uh, next month or in January. That's good, man. Where, where, can, where can the squad find you, man? Coach Mosley JR, Coach M-O-S-L-E-Y JR, Coach Mosley Jr., uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Arvin Mosley Jr. on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that. Uh, TripleImpactCoaching.org is my, is my website. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I, again, I, and I want to tell you, thanks, man. I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm, I really just appreciate you just embracing and, and opening up and, and teaching me and, 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 and just helping me, right? All, every step of the way. And um, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing too, Colin, man. You're definitely making a difference, bro. I love it, man. Well, I, bro, I love you just so you know that. I'm super excited for what's in front of you. And this is just, you know, a, a cry from the both of us, you know, uh, coaches, um, fathers, and mentors. If you're a coach and a leader and you're not carving out time to address some of these issues, we're just going to say the word, you are being negligent. So um, bring someone in or do some coaching or just, just have conversations. You don't have to know the information. Just having the conversation on how are you feeling? How are things going? Just, just, just to connect with your people and carve out that space to have these conversations where it is a safe place for your people that you're coaching and that you're leading that they can talk about, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff. Well, let's talk about, you know, uh, what we can do to move forward in a positive way. So uh, good job, squad. Thank you, uh, Coach Mosey. But this is how we end every single podcast. Maybe you can help me say this. The body has limits. But the mind is limitless. The mind is limitless. That's it. All right, dude. Thank you.